looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor. We've got another great show lined up for you. But first, let's give a great big thank you to our sponsor. When it comes to planning for your future, you want an advisor who understands your Christian values. Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson offer financial planning based on biblical principles. They can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson today. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 First Street East in Park Rapids. Ameriprise Financial offers financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Thank you so much to our sponsor, and thanks so much for joining us. We've got a very special guest in the studio today. I'm so excited about this. Welcome, Charlie Van Grinsven, to the show. Oh, thank you so much. So happy to be here. Oh, my gosh. I, I've been, we've been excited about this for a long time, haven't yes, we? Yes, we have. Because we actually rescheduled. We were going to have you, and then we had circumstances, and then we, yes. we moved you to today, and we're so thrilled. Um, there's so much to talk about, and I feel like uh, because we have been talking about joy and intuition and trusting, and of course, you're also a mental health professional, so we are definitely going to be talking about the mental health awareness right now that we've got, but let's get to know you. Let's talk a little bit about you, how, like, you don't need to tell us all your growing up secrets, but we <laughs> at least let a little overview of you. Awesome. Well, I grew up in Black Duck, so just a hop, skip, and a jump away from here, Um I born and raised. I've um, lived in the area my whole entire life, with the exception of two years in Arizona as an adult, but mostly here. And so went to Bemidji State University here for college, and then um, the University of North Dakota for my master's degree. So I've done most of my things right around this area. Wow, my life. I didn't yes. realize that. Yes, but this little two-year time period in Arizona yes. where it was warm. Yes. And there was no snow. It, there was Well, actually, we lived in Flagstaff, so it was northern Arizona, so oh. we had a lot of snow. So, yeah, you do. <laughs> yes. have, see, this yeah. is, don't you think this is a misconception about Arizona? You know, it, there really is, because when I was told we were moving there, I was like, I am moving to desert and cactus and brown, and it is not that at all. It is beautiful and green and all sorts of amazing sites to see. Yeah. It's, it's like great. so many states, right? Yes. There's There's a lot. So, yes. And I know we're not here to talk about Arizona, right. but right. I just it's important to make sure. And isn't that interesting how... What do we make up and what right. do we assume? Absolutely. And then all of a sudden we get a piece of truth. And yes. so I think this actually yes. might tie into some of our conversation today. Definitely. So it Definitely. always works for everything, it right? <laughs> yes. Now you are married to an amazing man and I you am. have amazing children. So let's talk about that piece yes. of you. Yes. So I'm married to Matt. Um, he is wonderful. He's a dreamer and his name is Matt Van Grinsman. So for those of you that know him, you know that about him. Um, it was his idea to start Heroes Rise Coffee Company, which is our family business. Um, I met him actually in high school and we became really good friends then. But then I met him again in college and that's when we started dating and the rest is just downhill from there. We have two gorgeous girls, Stella, she's our boss lady, she's four, and Livia, who is nine months old. Oh, King! Okay, congratulations. I think when I first met you, you were actually pregnant. Yes, I was. Yes, I, I'm like, yes. And you were like really, like you were almost ready to deliver, I think, when yes. I first met you. And of course, Heroes Rise. I mean, that's a story in and of itself. And right. the peanut butter is my favorite. If you have not tried the peanut butter coffee beans yet, I'm telling you, you are missing out. So yes, that's, it is so good. Oh my so gosh, good. I could go on and on about that's my <laughs> mental health support is my peanut butter Heroes Rise <laughs> coffee. Serious. Um, so 
I want to talk a little bit about, um, let's talk about your decision to go into the mental health profession, because this is a big, I think people are really called into this profession. I would agree. You know, I actually have been working for the last eight, nine years in, in addictions counseling. That's where I started out was in addictions counseling. And that really comes from, you know, I grew up in a family where there's a lot of addiction. And it was something that when you grow up in something like that, and you just, you kind of see how it affects people and how it can really just create such a dynamic for people. Um, there's so much pain in it. It really does, I think, a lot of times for a lot of people that I know in the field motivates them to be able to facilitate some kind of change or to be supportive for people that are going through those things. Um, so I've worked in addiction for a very long time. And what I found in that work is that you really can't treat that or support that without having the mental health component as well. And so I decided to go back to my master's in that so that I could really be someone for these people that it wasn't as if, okay, tell me about all the reasons why you use, but then let's stop so I can refer you to somebody else that can then help you start healing the reasons why you use. (laughs) And so um, that was why I decided to go into mental health. And so a lot of the work that I do now is both. So I will a lot of times work with people that are suffering from addiction and then also mental health Well, and I think the research would point us to most people that are struggling with any form of addiction. It's what is the underlying cause. Why? And it just makes sense that you obviously need to go down that road and to be doing that exploration Mm -hmm. with people. So as you Mm -hmm. think about this mental health component, let's kind of do a check-in. How are we as a country doing for mental health right now? We've had some big stuff happening. Oh, we have. And I I think that when we, of course, we all know we've seen people that, you know, the isolation, um, those kinds of things. But I think the biggest issue that I've seen for people is how quickly it all happened. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of time for preparing people for these rapid changes. Um, I myself working in addiction, people would come back. There were layoffs all over the place. So there was even more of a shortage than there already is for therapists and counselors. And Um, clients would tell me, you know, I was doing really well and then COVID hit and then I didn't have anybody to turn to. And so I started using again, or I became really depressed and I didn't handle that well. So I see not only just obviously the isolation and those kinds of things being an issue, but just the lack of being able to prepare for something like that as professionals with our clients. And at the same time that you're in service of your clients, you mm-hmm. also are trying to do the self-care right. when the demand on your time is mm-hmm. also so big. Yes. And and at the same time, some people have children that are home going to school. Like this complex reality just came out of really in a way kind of out of nowhere. Yes. And one of the things in the coaching circles that we talked a lot about is form and experience and how in the past we would look at past experiences and that's what we draw on. Mm -hmm. And so we know how to cope. Our brain knows what to make up about how we're going to work through something. And COVID, we've never experienced anything like a COVID in our society where we've had these shutdowns and all of a sudden we've got this going on and this going on. And so the brain literally went to a trauma mode and it didn't have anything to make up about how to process this experience. And so I know that has been something that, uh, as I watch or observe people, I'm very aware of that and, and how this has just taken its toll because people don't know how to be with it. Right. And I'm not sure if you agree with this, but I think in general, we as a society don't really talk about emotions. We don't talk about processing emotions. So if we aren't processing and teaching people how to do that, 
we really don't know how to be with this. Absolutely. Yes. Right? Yes. Is that something you're yeah. finding too, even just in general? Definitely. And, and you bring up trauma, and like with any kind of trauma, you know, like the, the different parts of our brain and how they work and how they move. I mean, there's different parts that do to survive kind of numb out or lack of a better word to just be kind of like turn to turn off in some sort of way. And so what that means is that people aren't able to really express those kinds of things if they're feeling a certain way, like how to express that. And like you said, now we're in a time of unknown and uncertainty. So then how to express yourself when you really don't even know what to expect or what's coming or how am I feeling or how should I feel in the situation? What, I know we've got other topics to get to, but just to maybe if somebody's listening and, and you're going, oh, yeah, she's describing me. This is mm-hmm. me to a T right now. What's one or two things that you could maybe just suggest for people that maybe are having some mental health struggles right now or even just processing, just not even sure what to do? You know, I think that as human beings, we, we, we need connection. We're built for connection. We need to have it. So whatever way that you can do that in a way that's safe and that you know, all of us have different thoughts, beliefs about how to handle, how to be within COVID. So a way that makes you feel safe and comfortable. Um, There's a lot of different um, avenues right now. So there are a lot of like text lines coming out right now for counseling services. There's a mobile crisis in town, but I would say whether it be with a counselor, therapist, or I mean, some kind of recovery coach, if that's what you're looking for, um, your church, just really reaching out some way and finding someone just to talk to you about those things, because we need to be, we need to have people and get out of this um, trend that I think is that that I think is happening of just dealing with things by ourselves because mm-hmm. that's how we're made to feel we're supposed to handle things right now I think in my opinion, um, but we can still help each other and reach out. It just might be a little bit different than before. Well, and I think about what the Lord tells us when mm-hmm. we stop and think about it that we are a body right. all together. Yes, and that part of, in my opinion, part of the experience the Lord wants us to go through is to work with others, is to bring all of us together in service of the body of Christ. Right. And yes. I know for me, uh, when I was going through stuff for PTSD, the the humbleness and the humility around asking for help. And recognizing I cannot do this on my own, Mm -hmm. that brought me to a whole new relationship with Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. because I realized where he wanted to take me. It wasn't about me. It was about him and where he wanted to go, which was part of what his plan was for me, right? Right. And that was trusting, that part of that trusting him. And also, I think we can't underestimate a connection. Like we, I facilitated a call last night and one of the people said, oh my gosh, it just, it's so good to see you and hear all of your voices. Mm -hmm. And so we literally went around just to get everybody's voice into the space. And I think even right now, a voice text instead of just a text, but literally connecting with that voice and bringing in some of the other sensory experiences around that, a handwritten note. Um, even though you can get those little computer things, you can actually record your voice and tuck it in the note. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we can do to connect right now. Um, but thank you for that. I think there's probably people listening that that need to say, you know what, I do need to connect with someone and yeah. sitting here isolating and quote, doing it on my own is just maybe not working. Or if you're someone in a place, I mean, just to reach out, like you, you make such a good point of just, you know, like you said, a, te- a voice text or something, but just a call, just checking on people right now. I think that's more important than it ever has been before. And this, thank you for bringing that up. We had such a flourish of things going on in April, right? We had meals were being provided here and people were doing this and everybody, church churches were calling their trees and da-da-da-da, right? 
and it really wasn't here. Some of the stuff wasn't here yet, right? And now we are in a complete opposite state, and right. it's it's uh, frenzied. We've got capacity at, at our hospitals. We've got a lot of people not knowing what to do. The school thing is day-to-day sometimes, depending on what community you're listening from right now. And I actually talked to a, a health professional yesterday, and one of the things he said to me is, just send a note of gratitude to the ER staff, even mm-hmm. though you may not be one of those people or the nurses caring for somebody on the floor or the mental health professionals or a teacher, right? Any of the above, but just a note that says, I see you. I see what you're doing. I see the compassion you're providing. I see the love because we've got a lot of compassion fatigue starting to happen. Right. And I think that is the next wave to be aware of. Um, so I maybe am putting my own stuff on that. And I think between you and I, we know a lot of people in these professions. And I think this is something we're starting to see. So if you're out there and you're at home and you don't know what to do, because there are people right now that are at home and looking for something. Others are so busy, they don't know what to do. But if you're one of those individuals that does have the time, take time to sit down and write a note a day or two notes a day because it can, don't you think, I think that stuff makes a huge difference. It, It just does. You know, I have a lot of friends that will just reach out to me just you know, just how are things going? How are things really going? Not just like the, the stereotypical answer right. you give that you don't really expect an answer to, but <laughs> the question that you ask. Are you, you fine? Fine. And that's what you expect when <laughs> you walk by each other and it's fine. But, you know, but really asking people like, how are you? Like, well, how can I pray for you? Or how can I be here for you? You know, I think when I get a text like that, just how can I pray for you? Or how can I be here for you? Or what's going on in your world? Those questions are the ones that mean so much. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's move into this trusting the plans God has for us mm-hmm. and, and intuition. So let's talk about intuition first because this is, this is juicy. I think intuition is juicy. Tell me about intuition in your life and what does that look like to you? You know, I mean, I can go into all kinds of intuition. You know, my mothers, all the mothers out there know all about the motherly intuitions. We can go on and on about that. It serves such a huge, huge purpose in our lives, especially in that way. But in the field, you know, I had, I have this amazing supervisor because of mental health, you know, I mean, you have some that really believe in intuition and some that don't at all. It just really depends on the theory and all of the, all of these different things. But I had a, I have a great supervisor who will ask me questions, you know, like, well, what was your experience like with that person? Or how did you, how did your gut feel when you sat with that person? And so in my career, you know, it definitely also plays such a huge role just in how I will sit with people. Um, some people need to sit with someone who is going to create a really warm space or that is going to create just a space where they can feel they can just be vulnerable. And some people really want to come into a space where they're just going to be held accountable and so I think that intuition intuition will come into play also when I'm just sitting with people like what are their needs and that does that comes before you know much about them so you're using your intuition about them Um, so I think when I look at my life I use intuition all the time so do you get intuition as like a feeling in the gut does it show up as like all of a sudden in your head you know something because people get it differently right what does it look like for you you know, for me, it's definitely like I like I had said it with my supervisor. How do I feel in a situation? What is my experience in a situation? So, you know, people talk a lot about people. Like as I felt around that person or a situation. For me, it's definitely like what is my experience when I'm thinking about that or when I'm in that kind of situation. So I don't think it's necessarily like a feeling in my gut or it's just how do I feel overall about 
this situation. So for What's you, it's experience? almost like an energetic it's like thing. Like an energy. Yeah, yeah, kind you of like get an the energy. you get a sense of okay, this is just how I feel about it. I have an energy or yeah. lack thereof around this. Right. And then, how does the intuition inform you as you move forward, whether it's for patient care or just even in your own life, in your own decisions? Right. And I think that you know, as I've matured in that, it's definitely been something that I go into prayer about because before you know, <laughs> before I became a believer and really kind of re- resolved revolved most of what I, well everything that I do around God, it was just like, okay, this is what my gut says. I'm going to go with it and just see what happens, you know, or I would overthink it to death because you don't know what it is. But now it's like you get that feeling or you get that experience and you pray about it and you just pray that this is really what this is supposed to be and that it's from God. Um, and that I think has been my next step is then pray about it and then take the next course of action. So what are the, usually for me, it's making a decision or it's reaching out or not reaching out or whatever that might be. Yeah, I love this. And okay, now you're now you're bringing up the believer part. So have you always known the Lord? I have not. Nope. I was saved five years ago. And before that, I always knew there was something, someone, but I was not raised really in the faith. My family definitely talked about God, but it wasn't something that was a day in, day out part of our lives. And it wasn't until I really, you know, got involved with my husband and his family that I became even interested in really learning more about what it all meant and becoming fascinated with how they lived their lives and how they trusted the Lord. And so that was, and then I got into my church more and started learning. And, you know, I was really hungry for God for a very long time. But it was five years ago that I made the decision to give my life to him and for him. Oh, amen. Mm-hmm. Woo! I love yeah. it. Don't you just love that? It's yeah. like, I know. It's incredible. It's like I feel like the angels go, oh, and everybody (laughs) sings out and breaks out in chorus. So what I get curious about, and and this is part of the reason I wanted to ask this is, so sometimes people have a moment where they accept the Lord, right? As Mm -hmm. um, And Jesus is their Lord and Savior. And then sometimes they also get a baptism in the Holy Spirit with that. But sometimes it comes later. I know in my experience, that actually came later. Mm -hmm. And so... For you, was it at the same time? Did it start to come later? Do you feel because I I'm curious? I want to get this tie in with the Holy Spirit and right. intuition. You know, I think it, I, w- I was baptized then, and it definitely opened up this huge door for being able to accept how the Lord wanted wanted me to move and what He wanted me to do. So I would say it happened later. It was kind of like a progressive thing for me. It was like you know the the intellect in me had to know. <laughs> so yes. I was collecting, you know, I was wondering how that, much left hemisphere we have going right, on over here. Right. Yep. So it was collect, like not collecting any kind of proof, but it's experiences from God and just kind of trying to listen to him and know more about what I was getting myself into, I guess is what I'm well, saying. And I love that you're bringing this in because I think a lot of people assume, okay, I accepted Jesus Christ, my mm-hmm. Lord and savior. Now everything just happens. Right. Right. That, Sometimes it does, and sometimes it just doesn't. Right. And so this piece about seeking the heart of Jesus, the Mm -hmm. more that we seek and the more. I know in my experience, I was praying for the release of the Holy Spirit. I was praying for this because I felt like I was missing out. It's like God had something for me and I was missing out. And I was praying this diligent thing every single day and really spending a lot of time in prayer because I thought, well, I want all God has to give, right? And it wasn't about being selfish. It was because I wanted to serve him 
in bigger ways. Absolutely. And I love that we're sharing this with the audience because there's probably other people out there who are thinking, well, yeah, I accepted the Lord, but I don't have this other piece. Right. So what are some things that you were doing as you were in that, uh, I call, let's call it bridging the gap, bridging yeah. that experience? What were some things you were doing? Well, you know, I think that this is just for me, but not walking with the Lord, like there was a lot of pride and there were a lot of things that really kept me from getting there faster. You know, I, you know, there were a lot of things I had to be like, hmm, huh, you know, just kind of figure out for myself. But I think that how I got there was really surrounding myself with people who love Jesus, who really love Jesus and believed Jesus. And so my husband being one of them, you know, I wanted, like you said, I wanted what he had. He just would, something stressful would happen in our life. And he would be like, you know, God's got it. God's good. He's in control. And I remember getting so upset by that before I understood, like, oh my gosh, no, we need to figure this out, you know? But, um, so I think surrounding myself with those people that really just loved God and just could tell their testimony, you could hear it, digging into the word, but learning how to dig into the word for me, it was like, do I just open a Bible? Like, how do I do this? So getting into, getting some mentorship from some people that were so loving and could really sit with me and just help me with that was crucial. And that, and I think the biggest part of all of that was all the love that was there. Yeah. You know, there I wasn't just being talked at. I wasn't just being lectured. It wasn't just, and I, I don't mean this in a way it's going to sound, but just Bible study because studying, studying the Bible is everything, of course. But there was so much love in it, you know, by everybody. Thank you for bringing this up because what you just reminded me of was the scripture about, you know, when we don't do it in love, it sounds like a gong going off, right? right? I'm yeah. paraphrasing the scripture right. passage, but yeah. I think we know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And... I think sometimes very well-meaning individuals Mm -hmm. don't realize sometimes that it's sounding like a gong. Right. And, you know, Jesus talks to us about loving Mm -hmm. and Jesus talks to us about compassion. And Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I really think about is the purity of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. was all about love and meeting people where they were at and and saying, I'm here, you know. And I love what you're saying about, I want what he wanted. Like, like I'll have what she's having. Thank you very much. I'll <laughs> right. have what he's yes. having. Thank you yeah. very much. Like, we want that Kool-Aid, right? Absolutely. And so I, I used to joke about, I want to be that Kool-Aid house. You know, in the, <laughs> in, back in my day, we had this Kool-Aid commercial where everybody would go to the neighbor's house and drink the Kool-Aid. Well, for me, that was Jesus. I wanted that Kool-Aid mm-hmm. house, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're bringing this into the space because the love that we have for our fellow people, everybody that's the key. Right. And when we love on people and when we show the love of Jesus, that's what people want. Yeah. Yeah. The, the coming at people and in the whatever, I, I'm sorry, who wants to sign up for that? Yeah. It, it actually scares people away. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I believe that the discernment um, and intuitively knowing how to be with and work with people and doing things from love um, is completely I, I, I think we can do it. I do believe, I know we can do it. Maybe. This in- intuition thing always, um, it just is intriguing to me because of how different people sense it. Yeah. And I always use the, fr- the phrase, I know when I know when I know. And that's that intuition thing. It's like, I just know. I, yeah. I can't, I just know when I know when I know. And I actually get a buzz on my arm mm-hmm. when I, when the intuition kicks in and it's that strong, I actually get this yeah. buzz thing. Um, but I also love what you're pointing to with the gut and the brain. Of course, the vagal nerve is connecting all this, right? So, right. of course, it's going to work. Right. And, of course, God's in charge of it. So it's amazing. Yeah. How it do is. you trust God in all of this? 
you know, and I think that there are times when I maybe don't as much as I should, you know, but I, but what's so great about it is we do have the living word. And so you get into that for like a moment and you're going like, oh, there it is. Yep. Now I can tap back into that trust. And so that's a huge part of it. Again, the people that I surround myself with, my my husband, he's a constant reminder, you know, because I am just a person and I can call him and be like, this is going on and this is going on. Like, how do I handle? And he'll just very kindly be, you know, he'll listen. Then he'll be like, have you prayed about it yet? You know, have you prayed about it? What does God say about it? And so it's always that reminder when I'm forgetting, like, yes, I have not done that yet. And that is why I have no peace <laughs> about the situation. And so I think that's how I just, I, I move forward trusting God is constantly reminding myself that he has such bigger plans. He has such bigger plans than we can have for ourselves and really tapping into that and reminding that he has not made us to, to experience fear, but to live in his light and his glory. And so when I start to feel fearful, it's kind of like picking, I'm kind of a picker aparter. So why am I fearful of the situation when there's nothing I can do about it? It is out of my hands completely. <laughs> and so the trust comes in and a lot of prayer a lot of digging in the word and a lot of just being vulnerable with people that I love and are in my life about what's going on. Can we coin the phrase picker a parter? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's me. <laughs> to a T. I, well, I'm, I'm actually picturing the JPEG. Picker a parter. Picker a parter. Charlie Van Grinsven. Thank you very that much. That should be one of my titles. <laughs> I know. Sure. I think it should. Picker a parter. I think, you know, people make those cool little uh, mem things or whatever, memes, yes. whatever they call them. It's the, the mem is the word in French, right? So every time I see mm-hmm. that word, people say, no, no, it's memes. I'm like, okay, but the French, that's mem. <laughs> it's like, oh. Anyway, right. so... Um, what I love, you know what I love so much about you is you are so authentic Thank and you. you are so real and you're so transparent. And I love the vulnerability because this is the human condition. Right. And right. and when we can be with each other in this space and have these kind of conversations, this is the real transformation. Absolutely. And when God is at the center of it, it's not just a real transformation. It's a real transformation in Jesus Christ. Definitely. One of the, even in therapy, one of the best things that a supervisor ever told me was if you're ever in a session and you don't know where to go next, or you don't know, you don't feel like you have the answer to what they're going through. Just remember that you're a lady talking to another lady that just happens to have a few more tools to help her out with what she's going through. And so that's something that I think has guided me in my personal life and my professional life. Like we are just two people that are just on equal levels, trying to figure out life together. Hopefully I have something in my bag that can help you. And that I think is what I hope to give to people in my profession and in my personal life too. Is Absolutely. That. Well, yeah. and, and also don't you think sometimes people just want to be seen and heard? Yeah. It's, we mm-hmm. have in so many ways, I feel like we've lost the art of listening. Yes. And I don't mean just hearing a word. I mean, mm-hmm. listening right. to what's happening right here and mm-hmm. really going with that. And, I think in the therapeutic space, what is the one of the biggest indicators of success? Oh, just showing up. Showing up up in your relationship with your people, which is the showing up and being there for them. Absolutely, It's just so important. I know Mm -hmm. you brought a couple of your favorite scriptures. Mm -hmm. I would, if do you want to share one or two? Sure. Yes. And I always love this. I mean, how do you pick, right? I mean, I'm going through and I'm like, oh, geez, how do I pick? But, you know, I, I, I decided to go with the ones that have really been driving driving me lately and the one of the one is 
me see which one do I, did I want to share. I have like five of them in here that I was like, which know, this one? is what happens oh, to me God too. I can never make a decision. God will tell me which one. That's right. You trust your intuition. Trust my intuition. So one of them that, that has just been really with me today, I've been praying over it, is John 15, 4 through 5. And it's re- remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branch. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so I think that one has really been just with me because, you know, especially when we think about intuition or making decisions, like there is no right decision without God involved. There just isn't. When I've tried to make decisions like that, thinking that was my intuition, there's never peace and it's just forced. Um, Another one is one that, you know, most people know, but it just is such a time for such a time as this. And that's Philippians 4, 4 through 7. But I like the whole thing. And it's rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And intuition is, to me, beyond all understanding. Now, how do you even really explain intuition? You feel it and you pray about it and you it's just there you know it's there it is there charlie van grinsman you are amazing and you are filled with joy which is a fruit of the holy spirit (laughs) by the way so thank you thank you so much for joining us today you have given us so much insight and wisdom and and places to look to really gain and to get a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ ourselves. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. Yeah, thank you. And thanks to all of you for choosing to listen. Remind me, I want to remind you, follow me, Life Full of Joy. And we just want to remind you to live joy and share joy.